What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of A Yank and a Swede, a Premier League podcast. I'm the Swede, Sebastian Noren. With me is the Yank, Elliot Niblock. And I was just telling Elliot here that I feel like I got a burp coming. So I'll <laughs> apologize in advance if it do ends up coming to the surface here. I was eating some handcrafted marshmallows. I've never felt so much like a hipster. Oh, my God. You, you know then, what? You could even craft them by hand again into taffy. You ever do that? Like pull marshmallows by hand to the point that they're practically taffy? Uh, I have not, but I have well, been to a um, candy cane store or like factory in Sweden where they pull them by hand, uh, which is very, very iconic. A lot of school trips to that freaking place. Uh, and then today's beer has been... I'll just give him a free plug here. Shotgun Wedding by Country Boy Brewing in Kentucky. Yeah, I've never even heard of them. Although I suppose I don't spend too much time in Kentucky. It's a brown ale age with vanilla beans. Very, oh, that sounds very nice. Very nice. Very I'm nice. going super posh tonight. I'm drinking wine. Ooh. There yeah. we go. So we're going to talk about what happened as far as the Champions League draw that took place today. Because we got a couple of the English teams in there. And then a quick, quick look ahead at the weekend slate of games. Not too much to get excited about there, but we'll take that when we get there. So, the Champions League group stage draw. If we uh, if we start with the groups that actually has some Premier League teams in them. So, in Group B, we find Spurs. They will take on Barcelona, PSV, and Inter. Very competitive group there, Group B. Yeah, that's a that's a tough draw, but I mean, you know, they got kind of group of death last year too. Yeah, I feel like Inter, they're on a good trajectory. PSV, they're you know solid. The Dutch teams, you you, you never really know what the Dutch. Teams yeah, are. I mean, Eindhoven are quite clearly the fourth choice in this group, but you know they're they they earned their way through a competitive league. Like their visa is not a pushover. They're by no means the most competitive league in Europe, but I think they can make a pretty good argument that they're, you know, behind Ligon and the Bundesliga, you know, the, I guess that would make them the fifth best league in Europe. Uh, But that said, also, I think the parity there, you know, you don't have the giants of, uh, for example, Barcelona or, uh, Bayern Munich, etc. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a tough draw for Spurs for sure, but they showed us last year that they can still be competitive even with the toughest of draws. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And then in Group C, we find Liverpool. They will take on PSG, Napoli, and uh, Servinia Zvezda, which is a red star. But for some reason on the official UEFA webpage, they they want it to be in Serbian. So, Cervena Zvezda, hmm. Red Star, but that's not an easy group. No, by by that no is, means. That is one hell of an away <laughs> game against, uh, Red, against Red Star. Ugh, oh, yeah. That yeah. is scary. Then, um, or how do you think Liverpool will fare in this group? I mean, PSG, Napoli, two teams. I feel like all three of those teams are capable of scoring a lot of goals. Absolutely. I mean, and I think that... You know, say say nothing of speaking specifically to Premier League teams in the Champions League. 
you know, there's that cliche phrase, but everybody throws it around, so we gotta at least use it here. It would be the quote-unquote group of death for me, would be Group C, definitely, because you know, we are just speaking about PSV Eindhoven as being a respectable, clear fourth choice among them. You know, Red Star, there's no way in which they're going to be able to field the world-class quality of players the other three teams have on the books, but it's still, as you said, a really tricky away fixture, and that's a fascinating wild card in an already fascinating group. Yeah, so we would say Dörden's group in Swedish. So <laughs> there's a little uh, lesson for you guys. Uh, so Red Star, Belgrade, let's see here. Yeah, right now they've only played five games in the Superliga, but they're sitting on top. They've got 15 points in five games, plus 10, so you can't complain about that. Uh, they did knock out uh, Red Bull Salzburg in the qualifiers. Um, as far as their team goes, there's not too many names that sort of, you know, jump out at you. I guess Nenad Kristic is one of them. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be a tricky away game for all of those bigger sides. And really, I mean, whoever ends up third here, if it's one of those big threes, you got to hold them as one of the favorites just plow on the Europa League and maybe win the whole thing. Oh, definitely. Uh, and then we find... Manchester United in Group H alongside Juventus, Valencia, and Young Boys Burn. Burn! Look Very, at you guys. I mean, it's such an unfortunate team name, really. Young Boys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would like Old Boys better. Yeah, I mean, that would probably be better. I don't uh, know. It's like a colloquial, friendly phrase that I've always liked. There's, you know, you're teaching me. Swedish with the wait, Dördensgruppe. 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 Yeah, you know you've never heard heard that somebody says, like, in a friendly way, like ah, old boy. Yep. No, that's true. That's yeah. true. So, so well, you, anyway, I, I think mean, this is a t- this is a tough draw for United. Oh I mean, yeah. It's although Cristiano's coming home, yeah, maybe I mean, not as a Red Devil, but yeah. <laughs> at least he'll be at Old Trafford. Yeah, it would be nice. For people to see him, of course. But yeah, Juventus, big, big favorites in this one. I think Valencia can give United a run for their money for second place. And then, honestly, I don't know too much about Young Boys and what team they have right now. But they're in there for a reason. So, And then English champions Manchester City. They're in Group F alongside Shakhtar Donetsk, Lyon and Hoffenheim. I mean, I'm interested in this group almost exclusively because it seems that Reese Nelson is going to go to Hoffenheim on loan, and I imagine that he's going to get some minutes not only in the Bundesliga, but also, hopefully, maybe even in the Champions League. Uh, So, you know. See, that's what you want when you send out a player on loan, though. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that's precisely it. That's He's going to be playing in a competitive league, and he has the chance to play in the most competitive competition in the world. Now, the I guess it's not technically irony, but um, I don't know. Maybe knife twist, bitter aftertaste is not lost on me that he is leaving Arsenal on loan in order to play in the Champions League. <laughs> but True, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, well, we've it's it's rebuilding time at the Emirates, and yep. we've got to 
lay that foundation deep. Mm, that's true, that's true. Uh, the groups that don't have an English side in them, Group A, there we find Atletico Madrid, Dortmund, Monaco, and Club Bruges. And then Group D, Lokomotiv, Lokomotiv Moscow, Porto, Schalke, and Galatasaray. Group E, Bayern Munich, Benfica, Ajax, and AEK Athens. Group G, Real Madrid, Roma, Sheska, Moscow, and Victoria Plzen from Czech Republic. So, um, I feel like Group D is the most open group on paper. I would, uh, yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if any of these teams would win the group. Yeah, you know, I guess I have to agree with that. I, I, I would be... I would be most surprised if Moscow won the group. Okay. Yes. Um, I but agree. Yeah. That, but but that's still, uh, you know, you know, a slight qualification. I guess what what's the reverse of the group of death? It can't be the group of life. Maybe it is the group of life because all the teams have a chance. The group of lifelines. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea, but. That group, on paper, seems very, very be, open. And it would be really fun if at least one or two groups went down to the very last match day. Oh, and yes. I, don't just, I don't just mean who finishes first, who finishes second, or even, who you know, this team is secured. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, like, if, if all four teams having a chance to qualify in the last match day, now that's worth a simulcast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, if, I, if we just go through these real quick and you just say tell me the winner of each group group a i would say atletico yeah 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 on dortmund's yeah you got to go atletico yeah and then dortmund or monaco second um barcelona i think would win group b and then spurs or inter for a second i i think barcelona spurs um yeah yeah Group C, that, I mean that's fairly open. It's super open, man. I mean, I think, I think that, I think that PSG are going to win it, um, because Liverpool are the, I think, second choice. I mean, Napoli again. Napoli is an extremely good team, and they're going to be very competitive in this group. But I still think that Liverpool. I mean, you, ha- you, you know. Defend, you know, the runners-up in the last campaign. Yeah. So you have to give them some credit for that alone. We've spoken at length previously in pre- previewing the Premier League, how they've strengthened that squad um, that made it to the final last season. So you've got to choose them as neck and neck for that first place. But because the Premier League is so competitive, I think that you know PSG can coast in Ligue 1. That's just the nature of things, you know. So they're going to be able to really focus on the group stage in a way that n- neither Liverpool nor to maybe a slightly lesser degree but still not Napoli either can, you know, almost take the league for granted. And that but that's just that's just the reality of the French top flight these days is that it's I mean, PSG in France is almost as though Barcelona and Real Madrid were rolled into one in La Liga. Yeah, and it doesn't help that Monaco has sold off a lot of good players. Lyon sold off a couple of good players. So, um, But I, I think it's very strong for Liga to have 
you know, three solid sides in the tournament. So kudos to them for that. In Group D, like we said, very open. If I have to take a stab at it, I would say Porto and Chalke. But I could be totally yeah. wrong. It could be Galatasaray and Moscow. Who knows? I mean, that would be my impulse also, but I would say Schalke, Porto, 1-2, or Schalke, Galatasaray. No. Group E, Bayern, huge, huge favorites there. Then I would probably go with Ajax over Benfica. I think AEK Athens are going to finish fourth in that one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I don't know. I think that... I think it might be Bayern Benfica, although it's kind of funny to me that we have AABB in this one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, Man City, of course, big favorites in Group F. I think they're going to win that. Uh, second place, I'm going to go with the uh, Ukrainians, Chaktar Donetsk. Uh, no. I'm, so, I'm, I can, so I can just keep saying that. <laughs> Donetsk. Please, please. Yes. Uh I'm going to go with Hoffenheim, actually. Mm. Uh, I think that Lyon is probably the more popular choice. And But I, I but look at me. I'm already a bandwagon. Is yeah. it a bandwagon jumper if he's on loan? Yes. I guess it's more like a bus. It's more like getting on a bus because I know I'm going to get off of the bus as soon as the loan expires. Ah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. You just want him to do well. Uh, Group G, Real Madrid, of course, seeing how well they do in this tournament. Then I would say Roma. It's. I feel like there's a pretty big gap there between... Real Madrid and Roma down and Sheska Moscow and I think Sheska, I think Sheska have a good chance of qualifying. Mm. I'll say I think okay, I'll say this. I think that Sheska has a better chance than Locomotive to qualify out of Moscow. But they <laughs> They they did sell Golovin, so Yeah. He's at Monaco now, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, I, you know, we like tracking back though to Group A. I think that that means that you have to consider Monaco certainly in the mix, if not maybe even favorites over Dortmund. Maybe. I mean, it's hard to say what kind of state Dortmund are in. Yeah, it's re- it's really difficult to discern because, I mean, on the one hand, they're first in the Bundesliga, but on the other, they they've only played one game. Yeah. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, uh, Group H, Juventus, big favorites there. And then, of course, I want to say Man United in a second, but could easily be Valencia. I don't think they'll end up last. I'll give you them that. I think United are going to qualify. I think it's going to be Juve and United. But I think that there's going to be... I mean, th- this is a group that I see going into the final match day. Juve already playing scrubs clearly qualified and then united and valencia you know and my guess is that all right this is my prediction right now is that on the final match day united aren't already safe but they need only a draw Hmm. let's see here i want to see what they have their last Um, match is also against against valencia Mm. Okay, so you know what? In that case, I'm going to modify that. That perhaps they qualify with the penultimate match, which is at home against Young Boys. Okay. Um, that that'll be my prediction. Is that they they're needing three points from that game at the end of November, but that they take all three points at Old Trafford, and so six of six is a wash. Although, boy, it would be great. Not you know, it'd be great if Valencia and United were vying for first in the group 
come December 12th, but I'm just, I just don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. So opening fixtures are uh, September 18th and 19th. Uh, we got a couple of good ones right off the bat here. So on Tuesday, September 18th, you got uh, Liverpool against PSG. That's a good one. Yeah, no kidding. That that's a really really good one. And then uh, you got Monaco against Atletico Madrid. That's also a very good one. Then Wednesday on the 19th, uh, Real Madrid kicks off against Roma. Manchester City play at home to Lyon. So there's some uh, good games right off the bat there. So it will be nice to have the Champions League back in our lives. Can't wait. Yeah, I mean, our lives in some sense, your life more than mine. <laughs> You'll still watch it. Come on. Oh, yeah, of course I will. But, you know, it's not the same. It's just not the same. So. Understandable. Understandable. Yeah, how about that Europa League, huh? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I haven't even done the draw yet. Even the draw comes in second place. Yep, that's very, very true. I know Malmö made it in, so Sweden, Sweden they, has a team. Why didn't they? They should do it the opposite way in that, I mean, and it's funny, too, that they do. I mean, I think it makes sense just from a resting players perspective that the Champions League is Tuesday, Wednesday rather than Thursday. But at least the draw, if not the games themselves, should be it should be like the opening band. Right. You know, like the headliner comes on later. You you build up to it and then you show up halfway through the Europa League match unless they're you know you're friends with the band or in this case being an Arsenal supporter is like being friends with the band I'm like okay well we got to go to this show in order to support our guys that's true that is very very true okay we're gonna move over to the Premier League and the slate of games this weekend um, something that I would call in Swedish um, melanmjölk um Lukewarm milk? <laughs> Almost. So Mellanmjölk is uh, the equivalent to, uh, well, I don't even know if we have that, 1.5% fat milk. Oh, yes. yeah, there's, there's 1% milk. We don't have 1.5%. No, you have 2% milk. So oh, There's also 1% milk exists. There is yeah. 1% milk. There's, okay, too, so there's we... too many different milks in, in the United States. We can just say that. Hey, yeah, like, what, are you, what are you talking about? We yeah. At least okay. we have fewer so you, significant figures in the 1% milk than you your 1.5% muta milk. Well, Mela milk, you have, you have, <laughs> you have what? You have fat-free milk. Yeah, of course. You have 1% milk. You have 2% milk. What's after that? Whole milk. Whole milk, which is how many percent? Uh, I think it's 5%. Okay. And then you have buttermilk. Yeah, but that's totally different. How, what is, why are you, why, I googled whole milk, and the first thing that came up is 1% milk. That's not how it should work. Yeah, no. Okay, 3.25% milk fat. See, that's even worse than 1.5. 3.25. Whatever. You know, I, I remember when I lived in Berlin, one of my roommates saw that I bought 2% milk, and he just looked at me and said, why did why did you not buy whole milk? I was like, because, you know, there's more protein, less fat. Like, why would you want less fat? I don't understand you. 
I don't know. Mm. I, feel, I I mean, I would go with two percent milk. If I if I'm buying milk, it's two percent milk. Yeah, same. Although our fixtures are not even as strong as two percent milk. No, that is true. So as far as the TV games, the games that are not on NBC Sports Gold, uh, things kick off on Saturday morning, seven thirty a.m. kickoff Eastern Time. Leicester taking on Liverpool. So. Liverpool flying high. Three straight wins. Leicester, they've gotten a good start. They lost their opening games, game against United, uh, but could have easily gotten something out of that one. And then they got two wins with a 2 nothing win over Wolves and then a 2-1 win on the road against Southampton. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if they can manage to win a game without a red card in it. <laughs> yes. But, uh, to, but to be fair, you know they had the red card against them in their win against Wolves. Uh, but they did leave it very, very late with that Harry Maguire goal to win it. But, you know, you would hope from a Leicester perspective that, you know, they'd be riding high on that and they'd be really able to kind of give title contenders Liverpool a run for their money at the King Power. And I think that they will. I think this will be a tough fixture for Liverpool. But I, you know, I still expect Liverpool to probably take all three points um, and I think that if the Foxes get a point, they have to count themselves as lucky. Because, again, speaking in terms of the Champions League, as we did earlier, right now, that's still not on Liverpool's plate yet. We've got a couple of weeks until then, and so they can focus all of their energy on the Premier League, at least for the next couple match days. And I, I, I think that they'll get it. Yeah, that's very true. Do you think that Liverpool will keep a fourth consecutive clean sheet? You know... <sighs> I'm torn because my impulse is to say no because they're on the road against a talented team. Um, But I also don't see Leicester as a total goal machine, although they've scored in every of their three matches. So, you know, it's not as though they're totally toothless in the final third, but I think think Leicester will score a goal, and I think that Liverpool will win 2-1. Okay. Then the 10 o'clock kickoff that's on uh, normal channels, uh, Chelsea against Bournemouth at Stamford Bridge. So Chelsea, one of those team four teams with three straight wins. Bournemouth, I mean, they're undefeated. They got two wins and a draw. Yeah, I, I think that this is going to be a disappointing loss for Bournemouth because they are flying high. They're playing really well. I think Chelsea are playing better. I mean, you got to give a ton of credit to Eddie Howe. Uh, I mean, he, what he's done with this team and I, you know, say nothing of the first couple fixtures. Yeah. It's great that they started strong. Um, you know, we should also say that they uh, won their league cup match in midweek against MK Dons uh, that they, they are, one of the greatest medium-term success stories in recent Premier League history, because upon promotion, they've they've been solid year in year out. Yes. So, all of that praise aside, I still think they lose to Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Mm. Okay. And then the late kickoff. That's Manchester City at home against Newcastle. Twelve thirty p.m. kickoff on that one. And uh, Newcastle, they actually lost their League Cup, their Carabao Cup game um, against Nottingham Forest. 
Chupacabra strikes again. Oh, Nottingham Forest. God, it's been it's been months since they knocked Arsenal out of a cup competition. Months, I say. Mm-hmm. Uh, only positive on from a Newcastle perspective. Salomon Rondon came on and scored a goal. I feel like well, that's, that's something. I feel like that's pretty much it. They rotated heavily. So yeah, you um, got you gotta. I mean, Rafa's. This is not his first English rodeo, you nope. know. God, what would an English rodeo even be? Like long bowling and polo, I guess. Maybe cr- <laughs> cr- cricket. I mean, they've got horses. It's... Anyway, yep. but regardless, what English, what an English rodeo would be like. He's familiar with the league. He knows that in the hearts and minds of the fans, and also in the boardroom's balance sheet. The League Cup is a distant third of their competitions. Rotating heavily was smart. Losing is disappointing. It's a small hiccup, and in some sense, he might be lucky in terms of, okay, we've got one fewer competition to contend with, and realistically, their goal is safety still. Their goal is still safety. You know, I know that like the fans of the tunes at St. James will be wanting much more than that, and they are a storied club, and they should want more than that, but they can't expect more than that just yet. I mean, I think that they just need to, speaking of those balance sheets, they just got to stay up, make that Premier League TV revenue, and then hopefully the owners agree to invest it back into the squad and you know hope that maybe in a year more likely two, you can realistically be pushing for that top five and try to see yourselves in Europe again. That's very, very true. Yeah. Speaking of rodeos, there is a <laughs> British Rodeo Cowboys Association. Hmm. Um, there's the rodeocowboys.org.uk. And then the Rodeo. Did you just pronounce it Rodeo? Oh, maybe I did. So rodeocowboys.org.uk. Rodeo. <laughs> I know that, Seb, you've been teaching me Swedish pronunciation, yeah, but I've got sorry. to teach you American English on that one. <laughs> ah, Rodeo Drive. That's Rodeo. <laughs> Rodeo Drive, that's what I was going to say. So the B-R-C-A. Oh, let's see here. It doesn't really say when it was found. Let's see here. Oh, yeah, so 1996. That's pretty cool. So there are British cowboys. Ha! That's funny. Okay, uh, where was I? Oh, sun, sun, <laughs> sorry, Sunday. Uh, early kickoff, 8.30 a.m. Cardiff against Arsenal. That's on NBCSN. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, you know, it's a bit of a wild card because you're traveling to a team that hasn't been promoted for that long, but especially given... Arsenal dropping six points in our first two fixtures. Anything less than three points here will be a failure. And I don't I don't mean to take anything away from Cardiff and Matt, you know, but you're playing a newly promoted side. I don't care that you're on the road. You already are somewhat in the hole. You gotta take three points from this game. And we'll see. Maybe Mesut Ozil won't be sick anymore. Oh yes. Yeah, missed out last game with sickness. I mean, to be fair too, Cardiff newly promoted, like you said, and they're the only team who has failed to score in their opening three games. Yeah. I mean I So anything besides three points here is But you would you would expect them to then turn it on and score two goals against Arsenal at home. Ooh. But that said, that said I still wouldn't be, even if that happens, I believe that Arsenal could score three and still win. 
But they're, I mean, they're, you know, I said this our last episode. I do not expect Arsenal to keep a clean sheet against any team in the Premier League until I see either more confidence, a different configuration at center half, or both. Then 11 a.m. kickoff Eastern, Burnley at home to Manchester United. That's the last TV game because the other 11 a.m. kickoff is Watford against Spurs, and that's on NBC Sports Gold. So Burnley against Manchester United. And Burnley, they have failed to win a game. They got a scoreless draw on opening day against Southampton. Then they lost 3-1 to against Watford, and then they lost 4-2 against Fulham in their last game. So they're down in 18th place, United 13th place. Got a win in their opening game against Leicester, then a 3-2 loss against Brighton, and then a 3-0 spanking by Spurs. You know, this is very similar to the Arsenal-Cardiff fixture in that they're both, quote-unquote, big clubs, storied clubs, long-standing Premier League top-performing clubs that are traveling to struggling teams that may be battling relegation. I mean, last year Burnley had a phenomenal season, and we still have to you know, give them credit for that. But these are two fixtures that are both going to be really interesting because on form, you expect Arsenal and even Man U, despite those two losses, because you have to compare it to, you know, winless. Mm -hmm. On form, you expect the visitors to win both matches. On overall quality, you expect the same. And so that seems to be like, okay, well, that's two out of two. It's a no-brainer. But I'll, I'll say this. I would be surprised if both Arsenal and United took three points. And maybe that's, oh, excuse me, Run the Jewels are interrupting me. Um, I w- and, and maybe I'm wrong in that, you know, but I, I just, I think that if I'm betting each game individually, you got to choose Arsenal and you got to choose United. But I just, there's that, there's that little Premier League wiggle of magic that ends up <laughs> spurring our, our expectations, especially and the uh, Sunday games, but we'll see. I don't know, Seb, what do you think? You think United are going to do it? You think they're going to drop points again? You think the Mourinho implosion is going to continue? I mean, it is spiraling. I mean, we didn't have the luxury of seeing that press conference before we recorded last uh, episode. Where he... And I still haven't seen it, but I read the transcript. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> he walked out demanding respect and stuff, and it was it was bad. It was a bad, bad look for Mourinho and it's not worthy of a club of Manchester United stature but at the same time it is Mourinho he's done it before and uh, maybe a win against Burnley will give him some of that R-E-S-P-E-C-T that he so dearly wants okay Seb one last question for you before we sign off yes we talked about this last season a lot in terms of not only Arsene Wenger, uh, but to some extent Mourinho as well, is there a point at which you cheer actively for the opposition in order to get him sacked? And if so, have you reached it yet? No. No to both? No to I mean, that's the thing. I cannot root for my club to lose just because I want to get rid of the manager. I want the board to have the... You know, the to be a little bit knowledgeable and see see what's going on, and you know they were talking about oh they looked great in the first half against Spurs yeah it looked a hell of a lot better than they done for a long time but at the same time you lost three nothing yeah it, it just and it's weird because it for me and for many other fans 
it's it's just clear as day as Mourinho, the modern game has passed him by. He has failed to, you know, sort of develop a new system and getting acclimated to the new style of football. That was the beauty with Sir Alex that he he was able able to evolve during the years. Yep. And Mourinho is so steadfast in his beliefs and it's not working anymore. He was well, he was special yeah. at one point, but he's not special anymore. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%, um, both in the first thing that you said in terms of you can't ever cheer against your team. Uh, you know, I've made a lot of friendships for life, really, via Arsenal. And yet the few times that I've met somebody in a pub watching Arsenal and I've had to just walk away or when they say, you know, I hope they lose because Wenger out. I'm like, no. You can you can you can hope that Wenger gets fired tomorrow. That's fine, but you can you cannot cheer against your club. I I don't think so. I mean, and I, I think that in many other in many other walks of life, yeah, saying we're going to take one step backward in order to take two steps forward, that's fine. But but like guys, this is this is supposed to be fun, you know. And I know that we're all emotionally invested in it, and I know that like that. You know, sometimes we scream at our television. Sometimes we break objects that we love. But it's supposed to be a fun venture. And even when it's not fun, you're supposed to be emotionally invested in it. And you're supposed to be emotionally invested in a way that you're cheering for your team to win. And I just, I cannot, I can't imagine watching 90 minutes of a football match, be it Arsenal, be it the Portland Timbers, be it like... Whoever, be it like my second cousin's high school soccer team and wanting anything but that team to win. And if I'm cheering for the team that I like to lose, then I'm going to be on my phone for 90 minutes. I don't care. You know, it's I, I think that it from a personal standpoint, I reject it. And also, I don't even understand it. Like, I, I can't I can't imagine doing it. No, and I mean the the big thing for me right now is frustration because I feel like they have some solid players, but the manager is all wrong. For some reason, we have a very stubborn, you know, upper management with Ed Woodward leading the line there, whose knowledge of football I highly question. He yeah. <laughs> he seems to be a phenomenal deal maker when it comes to getting official watch, official toilet paper, everything. But as far as taking like good footballing decisions, I don't trust him. I think a sporting director is much, much needed. They didn't need it with Fergie because he was so good at having this. He was the perfect manager. But yeah, he's a once in a generation, yes. if that manager. Yeah. And but they need a sporting director. They need a sporting director that has the final say. And you know, I. I no, I can't root for them to lose. Hell no. Yeah. But I want the board to open their eyes and see that Mourinho is a cancer to this team right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean it's in it's possible to hope and advocate for change without saying we got to burn everything down first. Yes. Absolutely. And I mean even if Mourinho stays throughout the season, I want them to be competitive. I want them to make it back into the Champions League. I would never root for them to lose. Yeah, of course. So with that, we'll sign off. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norin. Elliot is Keats was better. And then you got one Yank, one Swede. That's the number one. Then Yank, and then the number one again, and then Swede.
So until next time, enjoy this melon milk of fixtures. And we'll talk <laughs> to you again after the weekend. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.